When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. What up, Sea of Red? You're listening to Into the Flames, a Calgary Flames fan podcast. Your home for all things Flames and updates around the NHL. With your hosts, Raja Burry and Noah Eppleston. Into the Flames, new episodes every Sunday. Do you ever like fall asleep like with YouTube on or something and wake up and you're on like the most random video of all time ever? I guess I fell asleep watching YouTube last night and I just opened my computer this morning and I was halfway through the 2011 Game 6 World Series of Cardinals versus Rangers. <laughs> I do that, but with WWE stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. I go back and I watch like when this man turned heel, like the pop of the crowd, like right. ridiculous stuff. But yeah. yeah. So I guess now that we started with Hannafin, how do you feel about that? Um... Honestly, it's really surprising because uh, I think, in in my opinion, he was the last guy that I thought would re-sign here out of all of them. Yeah. Um, so to hear that he's kind of the front runner behind Backlund to get this done and, and not Lindholm is a little surprising to me. Um, it's definitely good. I mean, still an, a young defenseman. He's solid. He plays top four minutes and he do- plays them well. He's not going to give you anything great, right? Like he's not fantastic at anything but he's solid at everything and and that's what you're looking for in your top four and yeah if he sticks around here for another four or five years I, you won't hear me complain about it no matter how good your defense is whether you're trying to be competitive or you're trying to get younger no matter how good your defense is it's not going to do shit for your results if you can't score yeah so if Hannafin wants to stick around okay like that doesn't it doesn't impact me in a in an no and it's it's just one less spot that you don't have to worry about right like you know that one of your top four spots on the left side is solidified if he resigns here. Mm-hmm. My 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 concern with it, a what what's he getting? Because if you're paying Noah Hannafin more than Mackenzie Weger, I I don't know how you can justify that. Yeah, the mm-hmm. cost is going up four and a half million supposedly but don't get too ahead of yourself there yeah i know supposedly <laughs> but basically how how could you justify paying noah hannafin more than mackenzie Weger on an aav yeah and let's hope that conroy hasn't gotten himself into a situation like that because there will be a lot of backlash if hannafin signs something uh worth more than Weger's contract I believe so, at least. Yeah, no. I mean, there's already backlash with the thought of him even extending, which, you know, that's where we're at. And I, it's 100% justifiable and understandable. Like, I, I, I get it. But 
Is it Conroy doing the negotiating or is it Dave Nones? Like, are we putting the hands and the faith of a team-friendly Noah Hannafin deal and the guy that signed FNF and Clarkson? Like, really? Yeah. I don't know. That part genuinely surprised me on Saturday, hearing that from Elliot Friedman. Because, mm-hmm. like you said, Hannafin was the main piece where every single person that has any sort of inside knowledge straight up reported, this guy wants to go back to the States. Yeah. So what what changed? I don't know. I mean, I don't know how you can look at this group right now, how they're starting six games in out of the game, be like, hell yeah, I want more of this for the rest of Bring my Bring me back. Right? Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, me personally, I don't know how you can do it. Like, yeah. But clearly, I guess players are just worried about the cap influx and whether or not it will happen or not. So they figure, you know what, security, if my situation isn't the worst, I'll, I'd rather take the security over my own personal preference. So that's yes. what I see with this Hannafin thing. Let's talk about his D partner, Rasmus Anderson. Let's do it. So that hit on Patrick Line uh, to end the game in Columbus – you know, he's the team's emotional leader, clearly, because no one else showed emotion up until that point. And it was with five seconds left. And he was like, I am going to end Patrick Line open ice and just roll with the punches. Can, can we just talk about like the road trip as a whole first before we talk about like the Anderson situation? Because yeah. like just flat, 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 flat. Everybody's flat. Nobody cares. Like, I'm, I'm going to be completely honest. I completely skipped out on the Detroit game yesterday. Never even turned it on once. Football was on all day, and I, I took football over that. And I'm quite happy I did, because from what I heard, it, it was just a gong show. And after you've already had a terrible East Coast stretch, like, we've been talking about it's a really hard start to the year. The Flames usually do this, where they have a game or two at home. And then they go out on like a very long Eastern road trip to start the year, right? Some of these games you gotta bring home, like the Detroit game, the uh, which one am I? The Columbus game. Like these are games that you have to win, and you need your big players to step up in big moments, and and they're not. And everybody was hoping for change this year, coming from our our top paid guys. I don't think you're gonna see a lot of that. I guess I was just very used to the whole bounce back potential sort of theme, considering that when prior to this new look group, we kind of cheered for a team that would over and underperform. So you kind of had the idea like, oh, one year they'll be great. One year it'll be eh. one year they'll be great. One year they'll be. Eh. But we didn't take into f- to account. What if the team just underperforms? and just doesn't have bounce back potential because the guy that you paid $7 million to for the next seven years is 33 and regression is natural. And it was just a miscalculation from the beginning. Right. And Jonathan Huberto is 30, but clearly also a miscalculation. So the thing that I have an issue with, it's not even the fact that like they're not performing. It, like genuinely, it's not even that. It's the fact that how do you maneuver around this? You can't. Those two contracts are stuck in Calgary now from here until they're over. 
unless you know compliance buyouts are a thing but that we're talking about that after like year four of the yeah yeah that's years down the road yeah and my biggest thing is like you can always be negative if you look for it do you want to just sit and accept the fact that huberto and Kadri were miscalculations and they're going to be on this team because that's where i'm at i'm not going to sit and attack Huberto and attack Kadri for not performing. I attack management for setting all of this into stone before they had even played a game to get here. Thanks, yeah. Brad. You're the gift that keeps on giving. I know. And you bring up Brad and Brad. I watched the uh, Toronto Tampa game on Saturday and just seeing that guy sit in the press box. Oh my God. Did it just fill me with rage? I wanted to scream at the TV. He looked he looks worse. I don't know what happened to him, but he got like super fat and bloated and God, like it just, Oh, it's been such a horrific start for as a flames fan to the start of the NHL year. But yeah, I mean like Huberto, he's gotten some points here and there, what four points through six games, but he's not getting you those game breaking points that you need to win NHL hockey games. And like my my thing with it was always okay. Huberto isn't as dynamic as Gaudreau. It's not as dynamic as Kachuk. If people are trying to expect that out of Huberto, which obviously that's what you were expecting, right? Coming in, I can understand where that hate would come from. But for me, I'm like, you know what? They're completely different players. This was a mistake on the organization to give him the contract that he signed. No one's going to benefit. If the vibe is constant, we hate you. He's here for the next eight years. So either accept it or don't even talk about it because you can't control the stupid decisions that were made. They're done. You can't back out of them. You can't change them. Whether you are getting younger, whether you are staying competitive, whatever the course of the, you know, five-year plan, if there even is one, which I'm praying to God there is, if there is a five-year plan, they're part of it, whether whether you like them as players or not. So my big thing is when Huberto and Kadri produce, amazing. When they don't, okay. I could live with it if you know how to manage the six other UFAs that are pending. And we just talked about Hannafin, and clearly that mm-hmm. like that's going to get done. And it just sucks, right? Because their depth, I feel like, has been pretty solid so far this year. Um, the third and fourth line. Um, I'm really liking AJ Greer. Um, I like what he brings to the table on that fourth line. And being able to pair him up with a skilled player like Sharon Govich. And what they have do they have Dewar down there with them too? Yep. It's a great fourth line. It's it's our best line. Yeah. Like through six games, it's our best line. And you know that those guys are gonna battle it out like night in and night out and all you need is a couple points from your top guys and and you're looking at a completely different record for the flames do you know how many goals we've allowed at even strength so far through six games i don't even want to guess 19 we lead the league in goals allowed five on five do we have a power play goal i want to say yes (laughs) the power play was clicking at 10 and a half so, yes, that does mean we did score okay. at one point. Okay. Um, I feel bad for Ryan Huska, bro. Because we were told, right? We were told that, you know what? 
this team is good. They just can't handle a mean coach, right? Systems were great last year, but the morale was terrible. This year, okay, all we hear about is how they're having fun, right? I'm glad you're having fun because I want to kill myself every time you're playing a hockey game. (laughs) And this is coming from the most positive fan that, like, probably in this fan base. Like, I genuinely look forward to every game. I watch and I sit and watch every game with the hope that we're going to win. And even after the Washington game and seeing Sonny Milano dish it to Matthew Phillips for his first NHL goal, I was like, you know what? Just, like, rip my heart out and stick it to the sun. Like, just do that Aztec shit on me, please. Like, we should have we should have put fifteen thousand dollars on Matthew Phillips to score a goal against the Calgary Flames. Like it was it was aligned in the stars. Everybody knew it was gonna happen, and sure enough, of course it's Sonny Milano that has to assist it as well. The guy we cut on a PTO last year. <sighs> it's uh again, when you look for negativity, you're gonna find it, but you just can't help but be frustrated obviously it is too early but you just had a road trip against all non-playoff teams with the exception of pittsburgh pittsburgh's probably getting in this year you look the exact same way as you did last year sure there are certain stats that are micromanaged that tell you hey no this is a positive sign like huberto's micro stats they're fine but i think the people that when you look at it from the eye test, you're like, hey, game-breaking ability, not there. Do we just accept that we don't have game-breakers? That's where I'm at. That's why I'm numb to the whole thing. Because I'm accepted that, you know what, this is who we have here. So I'm not going to sit and ask for a player to be something when it was a complete miscalculation from the beginning. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to sit and make that vibe negative, in, in my view. Does it not feel like the only way we can win a game is if we get a goal or two early off maybe a couple lucky bounces and then we just kind of have to shut it down the rest of the night? Because I feel like if this team gets into a shootout where a game's going 5-5-6-6 into the third period, they can't can't hang with the other teams in this league. They'll They'll drop every single barn burner that they play this year. Well, speaking of barn burner, Ryan Pinder made a tweet yesterday basically saying that the Flames have scored more than two goals just once this season. That was the home opener. Mm-hmm. So it's been slow. <laughs> it's just been slow. See, my my biggest thing is like I know that uh, we know what Huberto and Kadri are. I'm not going to sit on this platform that we have and roast either of them. Kadri came on our show for crying out loud. Like, you know what? They, they're they probably great guys that got put in very financially beautiful situations personally, but very miscalculated situations from an organizational standpoint. And they do so far with Huberto showing improvement look like from the eye test, Looked like they did last year. Kadri looks worse. Huberto looks 
Audrey is. Yeah. Ugh. And I can't even sit and say, oh my God, perform. Why? Because the guy's 33 and it was a stupid contract to begin with. Hmm? So I'm I sit here and I say, okay, well, we put ourselves in this situation. Well, Brad put us in the situation and told Conroy to clean his shit. So mm-hmm. that's that's basically where we're at. Five non-playoff teams, bro. Five from last season, and we went one, three, and one. Going into this trip, I was thinking, you know what? Six points on this trip, I'm I'm happy. Because if you're gonna make the playoffs this year, a trip like this is basically handing you the keys to six or seven points, right? And uh, how about three? Yeah. Do you do you remember the road trips, the Eastern road trips that the Flames went on, not last year, but the year before? How fun those were to watch. They played so well on the East Coast on the road. It felt like it didn't matter who we played, whatever building we went into, we owned it. Manjapani had like 10 goals by November. Like, it was fun hockey I've ever watched in my life. And now we're just stuck here with mediocrity again. And it's just so depressing. And you know what? I don't even think it's mediocrity. Like it's mediocrity with no emotional attachment. Because think about it. Like this is giving me semblance. Obviously we were young, but I still remember watching the Flames from 2009 to 2014 during that like dark period. Thank God we were too young to really process things because, oh my God. But just in general, for, I do remember that sort of era. And what's the difference between now and that era? Like if, if, if the flames double down on the group that is here, for example, right? First of all, not only are you setting yourself up to look like the New York Islanders. Yeah. So, if you do that, right? But there's no emotional attachment to the players, dude. Who who can you say? Who can you say is your favorite flame right now? For me, it's Matt Coronado. That's where I'm at. Because I'd he's still probably go Marky, but yeah, yeah, fair. Um, I just. This feels like the beginning of that 2009 to 2014 dark period when we were in no man's land and we were riding out the last of Iggy and Kipper, except this time you don't have Iggy and Kipper and you don't have players that you're emotionally attached to. Does this team even have an identity so far? Like we're six games in. I don't know what they are. Like the system, obviously it's different, but what what is it? Like, what is, I don't know. I'm watching the games and I'm like, okay, what, what is the system here? Because there's a man left open. It's like they're trying to play zone, but then like they get scared and go back to what they know and then try and play a man coverage. And then somebody gets lost. And then you have Paige Thompson sitting on the half, half circle wide open. Like, like just terrible. Yeah, so we were talking about how the value for Vladar would be high if you traded him right now. He, he wouldn't. There's no value now. I, I mean, I, last time we recorded, I was still like, no, there's value there, right? But no, there's no value now. And um, yeah, 
This is uh, Jacob Markstrom is the best part about this team so far this season, dude. Yeah. Jacob, even with Jacob Markstrom, we are off to a terrible start. Just absolutely, just it's it feels so lifeless. Like talking to other fans, people are so mentally checked out right now, man. It's unreal. It's, the only the only memorable highlight I have so far this year is the Markstrom save on Fantilli to rob him from his first NHL goal. That's if you asked me for a Flames highlight, that's probably the only one I could tell you. I could give you three. So I'd go with that one. Matt Coronado's first NHL goal in the power play, because that was a snipe. And then the game-winning goal in the home opener from that behind-the-net dish from Mange to Lindy in front. Like, that's it. Yep, that's it. We're at three highlights and a bunch of negatives. Because, (laughs) like, I I don't even want to – like, I'm a naturally positive person, and this is so painful to sit and talk about. Like, I am so numb now to the results of this teams. You know why? You know why I'm numb? Because going in, I was like, you know what? On the off chance they don't bounce back, which six games in, there's no glimmer of hope that that looks like it's going to come to fruition. But again, it's early, but that's where we're at. And my feelings were, you know what? If we're bad, is that really going to be a bad thing? No. If you make the right decisions with your UFAs, if you're not signing them now before you know what you are, right? And that's another thing with the Noah Hannafin bit. What's the opportunity cost of signing Hannafin? You can say, great, Hannafin staying here, sweet, sure. I know that there are a lot of fans that are probably like, why why is he staying, right? And I, I get it. Because I'm one of them. Because <laughs> I still don't know what changed from now since August or July. But what is the opportunity cost of signing Hannafin versus what you can get for him at the deadline? NFL season is going strong and DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking new customers up with an offer that's even stronger. Bet 5 bucks on any game this week to score $200 instantly in bonus bets. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer every game day this October. For example, if you're a Bills fan like Noah, you'd be happy to know that the money line for the Bucks on Thursday is starting at plus 310. Get in on all the game day greatness and download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code THPN. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet five on the NFL. That's code THPN. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY at 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles in L.A., must be 21 years of age and it varies by jurisdiction void in ontario bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance see sportsbook.draftkings.com football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gambling resources now that that's over we can go back to the show i'd reckon you could probably get close to hampus lindholm sort of return at the deadline. 
It was. I think it was a first and two seconds. I would say for Hannafin. Yeah. Kind of in the ballpark, I think. Mm -hmm. I think, like, man, even a first and a third. And I feel like people would do it. Like, I would be like, all right, you stocking up on firsts, which please, (laughs) please stock up on firsts. Um, And to me, I sit and I look at the opportunity cost. I am more comfortable with Hannafin getting re-signed over Elias Lindholm because I know that if this team continues to trend the way that it's trending, keeping Lindholm is not going to fix anything. And and Hannafin, right, he's still younger. You still got room to play with him. Whereas if you sign Lindholm to an eight-year deal, he's here until he's dead too, right along Huberto and Kadri. So, man, yeah, that's that's where I'm at. And I, I, anyway, so I'm looking at tweets right now regarding Hannafin. Apparently, he did talk to the media just now. I'm going to look at the tweets and see what he said. I'd say probably nothing new to report right now. My agent has obviously been in discussions throughout the beginning of the year with management and Connie and those guys. That was descriptive. For me right now, it's just trying to stay focused on the game and letting them handle it. But yeah, they're definitely having discussions. And when there's news to report, I'll definitely let you guys know. So then why tweet about why tweet about his presser if it's still uh, no? Yeah. Okay, well. Well, now that we now it's confirmed that no one knows. No one doesn't yeah. know. We don't know. Management doesn't know. Great. Love it. What is the power play? I was very excited for Mark Savard to come in. Power play is still looking kind of the same in terms of early returns, but with faster puck movement. <laughs> um uh, I let's talk about positive things. Connor Zaries has eight points in four games to start the season with the Wranglers. Jeremy Poirier, who I still believe should be called up, should have been called up this week. Jeremy Poirier has seven points through four games to start the season. The appeal to the suspension is today, the hearing with Gary Bettman. And there's no independent arbitrator, so I don't think that suspension is getting reduced at all. So I am still... Gary, so yeah, I I, I don't think we're going to have a change. Yeah, exactly. Um, And really, the appeal would be just to let him play in the Heritage Classic, so... Now the Oilers are missing McDavid for the classic, so they'll probably have to even it out. And Anderson obviously won't be allowed to play. So yeah, exactly. That's that's exactly it. Taking a look, I guess, just at the overall trend, can it get worse? Question mark. Like that's that's where I'm at. Like start digging into your draft boards. Dude, like you don't <laughs> understand. I am if by December, it's the same as it is now but we're actually like way below 500 dude i i'm gonna be sitting there like okay what can we get for so-and-so what can we get for so-and-so who's going in the top 10 like (laughs) you'll be doing all the scouts work for free yeah literally just like get get hire me please I, i i literally have a video of me reacting to coronado getting drafted and i was so hyped i was so hyped i guess the one positive is that the Oilers are also kind of breaking down too. So at least, at least, you know, the little 
sort of happiness we can have as Flames fans if we're going to be like this this year is the Oilers also looking like, you know, they're kind of crashing and burning a bit. Yeah, they have not been off to a hot start. I saw um, especially Bouchard has been receiving a lot of backlash um, in the media surrounding his performance so far this year. But, yeah, that team's kind of going through the same thing. I mean, what's their identity? But, I mean, well, we kind of know their identity. It's McDavid and Dreisaitl, and when that doesn't work, then uh, games tend to start falling through your fingertips as the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, you know, you can just drop F-bombs and then say, excuse my language, like Jay Woodcroft did. That was ridiculous, dude. Like, what? Dude, like, you look like a cartoon character. Like, that was like if Up was rated R. Like, that's literally what that, that literally was what that was. And now he's out here dropping F-bombs. Not even 10 games in the season. Like, bro, relax. Did you see the reaction, too, to the, the Skinner mess up? I don't know if you watched that Oilers game, but when Skinner came out of his net and... Mm. That was post the puck and lost it and gave up the goal. Dreisaitl was asked about it after the game. It was just kind of like, I think he worded it like, what do you say to him after he does, like to Skinner after he does something like that? And the look on Dreisaitl's face, yeah, just priceless. Like, <laughs> I love when they get asked those kind of questions. So it makes my day. It was like, he was like, what do you want me to say to him? Like, yeah. What? Just, uh, you know what? As much as I hate the Oilers, I can respect Dreisaitl's handling of the media. That stuff is really entertaining. I guess going back to the stat of allowing the most number of goals five on five to start the season, and this isn't – I don't want us to turn into the let's hate on Huberto and Kadri show because every other outlet is like that. I've just accepted them. I'm true living for making that miscalculation and locking oh. all of this in. Yep. But they have been on the ice for eight of those 19. That's eight. tied for the most in the league amongst forwards. Yeah. They were minus four yesterday as a line with Dubé on their wing. They didn't work together as a line last season. I don't think they're going to work together this season just because stylistically they're so different. And if Huberto can't click with Lindholm and Pasca's already given up on that five games in, which was the same trend as it was last year with Daryl. Okay. We don't like my, my thing is right now, everyone's saying, Oh, the top guys got to perform their top guys in dollar figure only. We have four lines that you would better without an identity, except Manjapani, Backlund, and Coleman when they're together. Yeah, when they're together, which that, they in a lot this year. Yeah, yeah. So, like your your hands are tied right now. You need somebody to start performing, and that's all you can hope for, right? Like, what what else do you do at this point? You just have to sit and let this play out. And if no one performs, this is what I've been trying to tell people. And I get that historically the organization has never done this. And the potential news of Hannafin signing doesn't help my case, but I'm still going to say it anyway. My argument with the whole thing is, is it the worst thing in the world if we're terrible this year? 
no, I, we, we've talked about this and we've settled on no, it's it's not terrible. It's probably more advantageous for the future long run of our mental health watching this team if they are absolute dog water this season. You cannot tell me that Elias Lindholm wouldn't fetch an insane return at the deadline, especially for how much he's owed in salary, especially if you retain 50%. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. It's right there. And I, I'm i okay with Hannafin re-signing because to me it doesn't change what this team is. If you're okay defensively and you want to keep Uyghur, Anderson, and Hannafin in it for the long run so that you can help train Jeremy Poirier, Ilya Solovyov when they come up, great. You can have three vets that could be mentors to the young guys when they do come up. You also don't handcuff Dustin Wolf. When he comes in here, at least he knows he has an actual semblance of a growing and veteran decor in front of him as he's getting into the league. The results aren't going to change if you can't score. And if this continues, we're not scoring shit. So I can't say it any better than that. Mm -hmm. It's depressing. And I, at this point, we're just along for the ride and seeing what happens this year, because if, I want to sit and say, like, hey, I'm emotionally bought in to this team this season. I'm, I mean, I'm still emotional about it, but I don't go into games and watch games losing my mind anymore. I kind of just accepted this for what it is. And I feel like that's kind of dangerous because once you stop having that level of care, well, it's not that I don't care. I mean, we have this whole platform. I mean, I care too much, but I just, I don't know how to say it. I'm, I know so what you going into games kind of more level headed, just like observing it more than actually having it affect my sanity because I've just decided to go numb so that I don't get hurt. That's where I'm at. Kind of focus on more personal performance rather than team outcome right like like watching the flames this year you're gonna have to find the little things that they do right and celebrate those because i have a really bad feeling there's not gonna be a lot of big things to celebrate so and you and me we always try to keep things positive and and whatnot but yeah find the little things make them your life don't make winning games your life um just look at the the progression in, in the young guys, and and we'll see who comes up and joins this team this year from the A. I mean, for all we know, we could see Zari, Poye, and Wolf all all in the lineup in the next month. So yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, that's that's where I'm at. I mean, people tune into our show to get like decent dissective analysis, like we did when we reviewed games last year. The decent dissective analysis would only make you cry. So I made, I straight up decided let's not do that until there's actual good trends to talk about. The one negative trend that was so glaring, we talked about them. This team doesn't have an identity. They don't have cohesion. There's no op, there's no chemistry. They can't maintain zone time. They blow leads. The, Everything's a work in progress. Uh. <laughs> Listed is how you do not win hockey games. 
And that's what we're good at right now. Yeah. Oh, and you know what? If this is what we're going to be, double down on it. Let's go. And I don't mean that from an extension perspective. If anyone in the Flames organization takes that the wrong way, I will be upset. I mean, double down on being bad. Because if you're bad, you force the team to make decisions that they otherwise would not be handcuffed to make. So I'm not sitting here preying on the Flames' downfall, and I'm not sitting here being like, lose every game like most fans. But I'm just saying, you know what? If we pick it up and we go on a heater these next five games, and it's like, oh, my God, it's coming together. We're making the playoffs this year? Amazing. Mm-hmm. I would nothing more. But if we're going to be stale and have no cohesion and just look like an identical product to last year, I'm not sitting here saying, I hate my life right now. I'm sitting here saying, yeah, this is painful to endure and to watch. But you know what? Things always come out of it. And let's hope that if, and this is a strong if, if things continue to trend the way that they are, that the right decisions are made around the deadline, especially on Elias Lindholm. The whole Hannafin thing, again, I don't mind it. I know that a lot of people hate it. I would hate it if I know that the value for him at the deadline is sky high. But you know what? They had this conversation internally in regards to what is the opportunity cost keeping him versus trading him if things continue to go sour. And if they feel that keeping him is their best option, then it's like, okay. I mean, it's a meh move to me. It's not, it's not a, oh my God, yay. And it's not a, oh my goodness, the sky is falling. So. And that's also going to come down to, to dollar figure too. Right. And, and to- yeah. yeah, exactly. Like if you gave him Devin Taves money, I it, absolutely. The sky is falling. No, we're going to come back on this podcast and I will start crying maybe. But if you don't exceed Uyghurs AAV, okay, I, I yeah, mean, that, doesn't, that doesn't completely affect me in a negative way. You got the New York Rangers coming to town. Do you not think that that's a game where the Flames could could start to get into it a little bit? I mean, you know, the Dome is going to be alive. Adam Fox is going to be in the house. So that means that the Dome's going to be loud. They're going to be on him right from the get-go. Is that not something where the Flames can, can see the crowd get into the game around them and, and maybe try and take away a, a positive a positive trend from that game and, and maybe build some momentum there? You really hope so. Like, I'd, I'd love nothing more than for them to come in, beat the Rangers, beat the Blues on Thursday, and then beat the Oilers in the Heritage Classic. And the and, next and- time we meet up, we're talking about – being maybe at an above 500 record and going, okay, maybe this isn't going to be completely lost this year. That's, uh, you can think about how, how it'll flip here. Cause yeah, with those Rangers coming to town, you never know. It may light a fire under some of the guys on the bench with the, with the dome rocking. And then historically the last couple of years, every time St. Louis comes to town, they get blown out here. So and then you got a McDavid list Oilers in the in the Heritage Classic. So there's a very good chance to p- to pick up some points coming up this week. I kind of wanted lines to come out so that we could talk about practice lines, but everything got put in a blender yesterday and again we're back to Huberto and Kadri together, but they were minus 4 yesterday like we said, so there's no way they're going to be together tomorrow. Uh that's at least how I see it. 
this was fun. I love these therapy sessions. <laughs> they're, they're needed. Yeah, no, they, they definitely are. And, man, like, I have Flames merch everywhere, wherever I go. Like, I just, I, this is so painful. This might be a long year. That's what I'm just going to end this with. From this six-game sample size, it could be a long year. It's all about perspective on how you choose to handle it. Exactly. That's where I'm at. That's why I'm kind of giddy. I'm like, you know what? If we're bad, then decisions that need to be made get done, right? Yep. And if we're yep. great, amazing. I love that. I love it. Sure. I love it when my team's good. You know, I love that. Fun. But it's all about perspective. So that's a, that's the message to all the Twitter warriors out there. Uh, and uh, that's how we're gonna. That's that's how we're gonna end this episode. So if you guys. Like what you heard, feel free to like, comment, subscribe for more content. And yeah, go Flames Go, and thanks for listening, everyone. Go Flames Go.